Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Matthew chapter 15 uh, today, and we'll read verse number 11, and we will also read verse number 18. Amen. Glad to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning, and I want to give special thank you, of course, to uh, Bishop on the past couple of Sundays, morning and night, uh, ministering the word of the Lord, and then Brother Zach on Wednesday. Uh, in between, I've had a chance to listen about four, almost four of those five and I'm not I'm not quite totally done but uh, uh, from what I hear it was great and tremendous and so I appreciate amen their diligence and, and ability to stand in the gap and make up the hedge all right while uh, I'm traveling abroad here it seems but uh, nonetheless glad to be back in the house of the Lord with you all and continuing our discipleship series that's been a year long it seems and it has close to it going to come probably close to just being close to not quite being a year, uh, but nonetheless, this helps us in our maturity in the Lord and our beginning steps with the Lord. We've been talking about for the past uh, several weeks, at least whenever I've been here, talking about Christian living. All right, we're going to continue to do so today. We have talked about uh, in that concept or aspect of Christian living, of course, uh, holiness, how it is both an inside and an outside attribute. It is something that God is, that his church is, that his people ought to be. And uh, again, uh, uh, something that I wanted everybody to kind of hang their hat on is the fact that the holiness that we receive when we come first to the Lord is a holiness that we get directly from God, that he he. He, he endues us with that holiness. No one can make themselves holy, but after he has made us holy, then we have a responsibility to keep that which he has granted unto us. And so that is where, where the real responsibility comes into play, keeping what he has granted to us. And so we're going to talk today, Matthew chapter 15. We're going to begin diving in a little deeper into this today and start talking about our manner of speech. Our manner of speech. Right? Because that falls under the classification of Christian living and holiness. Amen. And so uh, Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 11, uh, Jesus says, Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. And everybody says, oh me. <laughs> that which cometh out of the mouth defileth this defileth a man. Skipping down to verse number 18, he says again, reiterates, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. Man, that really wrecks all of our I didn't mean to say that stuff, you know. <laughs> it cometh forth from the heart and they defile the man. Amen. So I want to talk a little bit some more about Christian living, but uh, more particularly a little bit about our manner, our manner of speech this morning. Amen. If the Lord will help us. And folks, listen here today. Uh, whenever I stand up here and talk, I'm talking to us all. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, because the scripture is so good, it's going to find every one of us somewhere along the way. Amen. And so let's 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 be open minded to the word of the Lord today. Father, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, today. 
God, that you care enough about us, Lord, that you'll take us to your word and you'll share with us, Lord, these holy truths, God, for the purpose, God, of trying, Jesus, to develop and mature us, Lord, in our lives. God, allow us to be conscious, Lord, of our surroundings and our own, Lord, attitudes, Lord, and our own, Lord, Jesus, responses. I pray, oh God, today that you're able to help us this morning. I pray, Lord God, for conviction and I pray, oh Lord Jesus, God, for your spirit to come alongside us and help us along the journey Lord Jesus here today we'll praise you and thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ I pray amen and amen everybody say amen God bless you this morning in Jesus name hallelujah we are instructed by scripture in various places to control our tongue and to control our speech and importantly so because our tongue and our speech uh, have influence in our behavior, has influence uh, in the way that we live our lives. I know, again, the old uh, saying, but again, and I think Bishop or someone brought this up here recently, uh, but it's not true about sticks and stones, right? Uh, may break my bones, but what does it say? Yeah, I don't know whoever fed us that lie. But we know that is not true. As a matter of fact, uh, in the book of Job, Job even testified to the fact and admitted that words broke him in pieces. He said in Job 19 and verse 2, he said, How long will ye vex my soul and break me in pieces with words? Just with words. Didn't have to have a dagger, a knife, a spear, or a bow. Just with words. Job said his soul was broke in pieces. And so we got to take uh, a little bit of time to think and be proactive in thinking about, you know, engage the mind before we engage the mouth. And we've all been in the reverse of when we've engaged the mouth and the mind was somewhere. <laughs> it was probably on vengeance and I'm going to hurt them just as much as they hurt me with what they said type of personality. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33, it says, be not deceived. Evil communications, wicked conversation, however you wish to describe it, corrupt good manners. It affects our moral behavior. The way that we talk affects our behavior or the way or maybe is even a revealer of our behavior, uh, behavior as we have seen in the scriptures. I got several scriptures here just to throw at you here in the beginning. Proverbs 21 and verse 23, the Bible says, whoso keepeth his mouth. I'm going to do a lot of smiling today. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul. Everybody say soul. Soul from troubles. That's interesting because that soul portion of your life is that eternal part of you. He's saying he that keepeth his mouth and his tongue will help keep his soul. It will guard the eternal part of the man. And so even my speech and my language and the way that I conduct my communication has a great bearing upon the eternal part. Woo. That gets heavy, doesn't it? Uh, that's not just keeping tallies. There's another tally going on somewhere. Uh, tallies in heaven. And so it, it, it helps keep my soul, my eternal part from troubles. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13. And with all they learn to be idle. This is speaking about young widows. All right. And uh, 
it would just do good. And again, I'm not trying to start a fight today, but in Timothy and some of these other scriptures where it talks about widows and young widows, there is great strong admonitions for widows, young widows about they need to be careful not to be tattlers and busybodies. And the Bible's very specific in its demographic of those who may have a propensity, at least according to God, who may become busybodies and tattlers, and it's those who have maybe have lost a spouse. They've been given now idle time, all right? I'm not trying to be devil's advocate here. I'm just trying to be very virtually honest with the Scripture. And so this is addressed to young widows in particular in 1 Timothy 5.13. And with all, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies speaking things which they ought not. Bible is very plain. And so, uh, you know, you got to be careful that if something in your life happens and uh, your companion is no longer around and as a result of that, you have idle time uh, that you just don't group up with a bunch of other people like that. And you make other people the subject of your conversation and you. (laughs) Well, glory. Lord, I'm back home now, and here it is, you know. James chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. What that means is we're all painted under the umbrella of having failed in this point of misuse of the mouth and tongue at some time. The same as a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body, which we know we are incapable of. Philippians 2 and verse 14, do all things without murmurings and disputings. We'll look at this a little bit. You know, murmurings isn't even so much something that you blatantly say out loud for others to hear you. Sometimes it's just, Dialogue that you say to yourself. Man, this is heavy this morning. I hope everybody got that extra hour of sleep. Praise God. Amen. First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 15. He says, but let none of you suffer. This, this is interesting. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or... Now, look at this list that we have going for us. Let none of you suffer as these things. You're thinking murderer, evildoer, thief. Oh, I'm good. Or as a busybody and others men's matter. So in, in the list of all these other things, we're just like checkboxing off. No problem with that. Great. No good. He lumps in with the murder and the, the thievery and, and the evil doing. Busybody. Stuff that we do with our mouths and so uh, you know ungodly conversation again it's going to have an impact whether today or tomorrow and no doubt a lifestyle of that for sure is going to have an impact upon our moral uh, behavior and so there are several types of speech I'm going to go over some of them today there are several types of speech and just kind of hit the tops of the trees that uh, uh, verbal behavior that we have as Christians that are we are taught in scripture that we should and ought to avoid some of those are these. We should avoid, as Christians, we should avoid tail-bearing and gossiping. And then you say, well, Brother Biggie, that goes without saying. It does go without saying, but we've all practiced in it at some time. No one has to say, oh, amen. I know it happens. Amen. We're part of this fabric called you. Man, just take a moment, because I do this oft times. I think about this in my own life. How, just think with me for a moment. 
How many times have you had conversations with other people and you've went along and had the whole conversation and it's never brought up any other person in the conversation, whether good or bad? I mean, be honest. It's hard for a person just to have a conversation that doesn't involve some type of talk about another individual, whether good or bad, Brother Zach. Matter of fact, Uh, there may not be much for some to even talk about if there wasn't other people to be able to talk about. Be honest with yourself. If if you've never just stopped and thought, think about whenever you have a conversation with someone and whenever you're done having the conversation they left, just think about how many different people's names or that person has been brought up in your conversation, whether good or bad. Everybody say, God bless you, Pastor. <laughs> so tell bearing and gossip. The Bible says, and these won't be up there, but just for your reference, Psalms 101 and verse 5. Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off, the Lord says. Leviticus 19 and verse 16. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. All right? A, a talebearer is basically this, an informer. All right? An informer. And, and tailbearing, sometimes we, we feel like we get the free out of jail pass on tailbearing if the tail that we are bearing is the truth. But if truth is negative truth for that person against them, then we need not to be bearing the tail. Doesn't matter even if it's true. Well, you know, you know, I, I heard that she cheated on her husband, or she cheated on her husband. Do you, I know it's true. Well, then that makes it right, right? Because it's true. You can tell somebody it's someone else cheated on their husband because you know it to be true. No, 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 no. You guys don't even know what's up here in the air this morning. Amen. And so it doesn't matter if it's true or not true. Just the whole fact of, of bearing a story upon another. Proverbs 10 and verse number 18, and I'm just pulling a little snippet here. And he says, and he that uttereth slander, which is an evil report, he says, is a fool. First Timothy 5.13 says these words. Again, it's the ones concerning the young widows. Again, it talks about them being idle, all right, and then being busybodies or busy about trifles or other people's affairs, all right? Uh, they're, they're, they kind of neglect the important matter, but the little trivial things they want to get their hands in, mess around with, you know, and so on and so forth. And so we are to avoid those as Christians. This is part of our Christian. This is part of holiness. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, attitudes and dress, what to wear, not to wear. Let's talk about what to say and not to say. Amen. This is, this is about holiness. And so also along with that, then I alluded to just earlier, is murmuring and complaining. The Bible says in Philippians 2 and verse 14, do all things without murmuring. All right. Murmuring many times is a secret displeasure. Now, again, maybe not verbally known or expressed to anybody, but it is a secret displeasure and not openly avowed or not openly made known. But you just murmur, you know, no, I really just don't like that person. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, you know, like, and sometimes we do this. Well, you know, I thought it, but I didn't say it. Do you know every word spoken was first a thought? Everybody doing all right? 
Amen. You, the Bible even says sometimes talking about how they murmured within themselves. What do you think that is? Internal dialogue. Oh, that's nothing, Brother McGee. Let's, let's wait a moment. How many times do we see in the New Testament gospel that many times scribes and Pharisees and others never said a word, but they did some type of internal dialogue or murmuring in their mind, and what did Jesus do? He called them on it. He spoke what they thought and didn't say and addressed it. Now, Brother Fred might not hear what's going on in my mind, but God knows what's going on in my mind. Amen. Whew. I didn't know it was going to be as tough, but, uh, you know, I'm the man for the job. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 10, 10. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured. It's referring back to the first Testament, the old Testament who were destroyed of the destroyer because the children of Israel had a bad habit of murmuring in the wilderness and complaining a lot. I mean, they needed food. God sent man, and they said, this is all you got? You know, they're going to die of starvation, and these sins quell, and they're like, gross? I mean, come on. I'm telling you, in many regards, we do the same thing. God gives us some of the best things of heaven, and then we complain about it. Amen. And so it says, be careful concerning those things, because when we murmur, it, it has a tendency, the word has a tendency to describe us griping. Now, here's some other synonyms for murmuring may be whining, moaning, fretting, fussing. <laughs> Again, muttering and whispering under our breath. And the Bible says in the Old Testament that God, did, whenever he sent the fiery serpents in the wilderness, he sent it because they were practicing their murmuring and their complaining. Amen. And so that alone shows me that God doesn't take too kindly to that type of stuff. Amen. And so we need to try to eliminate those things from our life. You say, Brother McGee, I'm, I'm just going to totally, never again. Well, you set yourself up for failure. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. But the thing is, try to go uh, in such a direction that you're mindful, all right, that those things and indiscretions taking place are less and less and less and less. Rather than have an attitude, well, I'm going to say, I don't care what anybody thinks. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Some other things that we need to avoid as Christians is spreading discord and strife and conflict. Listen, the Bible says that we need not to do that among the brethren, but we need not to do that in any sphere of life. Hear me? There's no need to spread discord, strife, and conflict. Uh, uh, Sister McGee and Sister Malin in the school where you work. There's no sense of spreading any strife and conflict and discord in the fire department. Amen. Whew. None of those things. The Bible says in Proverbs 6 and verse 19, one of the things in which, some of the things in which the Lord hates, a false witness that speak of lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. All right? The Bible also tells us in the New Testament of Romans 16 and verse 17, he says, now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions. Divisions. Mark them. So you want to watch folks that cause division. Amen. Because if you think they'll only do it in that circle, they'll do it in the circle that you're in with them too. Listen, 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 listen. A divider is not circle or group specific. A divider in one area of life will be a divider in every area of their life. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't care if we have the Holy Ghost or not. 
<laughs> Amen. And so we got to be careful. We got to be careful. Amen. Swearing oaths. And what I mean by this is this. That we can't let our word be our bond. We can't let our word be our word. We got to have other proof stacked up to say, well, I'm, I'm being honest. The Bible says in James 5 and 2, above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by, un, any, by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. In other words, if you're, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. You don't have to prove you don't have to have anything else on the table to prove what you're saying. Your word. Huh? How many times hear someone say, well, I'm really being honest with you. Or it was before then you're not. You know what I'm saying? I'm really telling you the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know sometimes we just use that language, but some people use it with purpose. <laughs> Amen. And so we, we got to be careful. Just, just be truthful in our answer. Be truthful in what we say. Amen. Also, we need to steer clear of filthy communication. Oh, yes. Someone say amen. Filthy communications, Colossians 3 and 8. It says, but now ye also put off, and among the list is, filthy communication out of your mouth. Vile and unclean communication. Listen, and sometimes we are, we are uh, conditioned by society. And we are conditioned by the media outlets in our world uh, because, you know, they slip in what I would call innuendos. Filthiness with kind of just a little touch of humor and kind of, uh, you know, it kind of ambiguous. It could go either direction. If we're not careful, we can pick up on that type of spirit in our conversation. You might not do it in the church with, one, with all of us around, but with those people you feel comfortable with, you might let a few things slide. <clears throat> Amen? Because a lot of times, filthy conversation is oftentimes paired with humor. Some people don't know how to be funny without being filthy. Amen. And so there's some words and phrases, and this is not my statement. This is a statement by an anonymous uh, individual. But there are many words and phrases used frequently by the world that should not be spoken by those whose lips who have spoken in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Woo. My goodness. And so we got to watch filthy conversation. We got to watch cursing. <laughs> and reviling. To curse and to revile is to damn, to defame, to denigrate, to use offensive and abusive language, to call somebody derogatory names, all underneath that umbrella. We understand the scripture. The Bible says in James 3 and verse number 8, but the tongue can, everybody say no man, no man tame. I'm off the hook, Brother McGee. There it is. It just went out of my mouth. I can't tame that. I'm not at fault. Yeah, I understand. But the Bible goes on to say it is an unruly evil. Yes, see, Brother McGee, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. James is kind of uh, pointing a finger here. You bless God with that mouth, but you'll curse the very same man who's made after the image of God with that mouth and he says out the same I perceive blessing and cursing my brethren these things ought not to be so and he'll tell us a little later sure no man can tame the tongue he said but God can tame the tongue 
And so in this Christian living, in this maturity that we're going on and have been all year in the Lord, as we mature into the Lord, that spirit of the Holy Ghost that we received on the inside of us, as we yield ourselves servants unto him, amen, when Paul McGee might have said it wrong, the spirit will help me say it right. When Paul McGee might have just let it go out his mouth, amen, the the spirit will help me keep the gate of my mouth. Amen. And so, yeah, I can't just push all of this up on, you know, well, it's my humanity. That's who we are. We're fallen. Yeah, we are fallen humanity. But we've been saved by a powerful, perfect spirit. Amen. That leads and guides us. Hopefully, the scripture says, into all truth. The Bible says in Romans 12 and verse 14, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. That's hard. Right? Huh? I don't know anybody too much. That if someone was just speaking some bold face, straight to your face things, that something doesn't start crawling up the back of your neck. I have hair most of the time on the back of my neck, and it stands up. It's hard. The the, the, the denoting is this. It's hard, but it's not impossible. Because I'm not going to say it's not hard. But I'm not going to say, though, likewise, that it's impossible. All right. Or he wouldn't give us the admonition. He said, bless them which persecute you and bless and curse not. First Corinthians six, nine through 10. He says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither. And he goes through a list. Revilers shall inherit the kingdom of God. James was telling them in the book of James, he said, can the same fountain send forth bitter water? And sweet water, blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. He says it should not be so. And so what we practice is what we practice from Ephesians, that whenever anger overcomes us and things of that nature and we feel upset and the rage starts to happen inside of us and we feel like the bomb is ticking, tick, 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 tick. We got to learn how to be, take care to be angry and sin not. To be angry and sin not. Amen. And <laughs> I just told you this morning, we got sometimes we give a lot of excuse uh, to several things that we do. It's like, well, I talked to so-and-so about this because if I didn't have an outlet to talk to somebody, then I wouldn't have went off. So it's okay for me over here telling the tale because I'd exploded over there. Oh, boy. Right? It's okay to talk about how bad they were to me with so-and-so because if I didn't have that outlet, that person would have got it right there. And so, see, I was good because I didn't tell them one thing. But So what have we, what have we traded off? <laughs> well, you say, Brother McGee, I need somebody to talk to. Well, I, I know it's sometimes great to have flesh and blood, but, you know, sometimes you just got, I know, again, hard, not impossible. Sometimes you just kind of got to take that and say, Lord, <laughs> I'm telling you what happened today. Nobody else knows this. Amen? And take it to the Lord in prayer. Because he sees all. He, he was there at the first party. <laughs> he was there at the first party. And so he knows all. So just take it to God in prayer. And so we got to be careful concerning things. We got to be careful concerning, here it is, lying. 
Black white lies, gray lies, white lies. <laughs> Lying. All right, and bear false witnessing. The Bible says in Exodus 20 and verse 16, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Don't give a false witness concerning your neighbor. And listen, again, it's, it's just, you say, you know, the tr- there's a lot of people that I knew that said they knew the truth and they didn't know the truth. They thought they knew the truth. They thought they had their authority on the truth concerning that matter. They didn't. They did not. <laughs> Mark 10 and verse number 19, thou knowest the commandments. Do not bear false witness. Colossians 3, 9, lie not one to another. Now, here's the thing. Revelations 21, 8, lying. It says in there, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Hmm? Oh, when I begin to think about these things, I think about, Wide is the way, broad, narrow, straight. One leads to destruction, one leads to everlasting life. Few there be that find it. Amen. So, so lying, of course, it's, a, it's an untruthful witness, and it is an offense unto God. All right? We got to be careful. Oh, God, help us today. Maybe we should have spread these out like a few weeks. We got to be careful and avoid Everybody say idle. And that's A-I-D-L-I-D-L-E. Idle words. Idle words. Idle words could be defined as pointless, unnecessary, frivolous, senseless, uncontrolled words. That's, that's speaking before thinking. The Bible says in Matthew 12, and I just read this this week again uh, in another version, but in Matthew 12, 36, he says, but I say unto you that every, and I remember Grandpa Weisenberger was a big, a big, uh, big one on this one. He was. Uh, he, he, he only handled so much foolishness. And uh, he, uh, this was one of his verses. And if I remember right, I, I remember uh, in his Bible, whenever I was doing his funeral and I was looking through his Bible, things that he may have underlined or notes. At this verse, he put beside it, and I could hear him say this. That's close. That's close. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Idle words. James 1.19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. In our anatomy, he has made it as such, two ears and one mouth. Be quicker to hear than you are to speak. Amen. And so we got to weigh carefully our words. Because why? Proverbs even tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so we must be careful with our words. Let me go on concerning idle words. And I'll just say this because I think this is first apostolic church specific. All right. Me involved under the classification of idle words. We need to be careful with sarcasm. It's, I I could play off and say it's a part of the McGee DNA. You know what? We are pretty good at it. But if it's injury, if it's malicious, because you can be sarcastic and really be trying to make a point. 
It's like, try, it's like you can thrust somebody through with a sword, although you have the sheath on it. And I know we like to have fun. We do that banter back and forth. We'll be sarcastic with one another. But we got to be careful. You got to be careful as a church with that sarcasm that it wouldn't just become idle words for injury for a brother or a sister. All right. Just because you might be laced a certain way doesn't mean that other person is laced the same way. And your sarcasm can go a whole lot deeper. And you're like, well, they just need to get fixed again. Well, maybe we need to get a dull tongue. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whew. We got to be careful. And you say, well, Brother McGee, you almost said that already earlier. No, we got to be careful concerning vulgar talk and unclean humor. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, verses 3 and 4, and leading up to this, uh, the Apostle Paul's already making a list in Ephesians of a list. He's talking about, he's saying fornication, uncleanness, covetousness. He says, let it not once be named among you. And we're like, well, yeah. I mean, Yeah. But he doesn't stop there. He says, let it not be once named among you as become of saints. He goes down a little further. Neither. In other words, I'm, I'm adding this and putting this along with the list of fornication and uncleanness and covetousness that shouldn't once be named among you. Neither filthiness, which be obscenities, nor foolish talking, nor jesting. And the, the meaning is vulgarity, which are not convenient or not proper but rather giving of thanks. So with this stuff, when he says, don't let fornication be once named, don't let covetous be one name, don't let that. Then he goes on and says, when you got to watch your language too, what you say, let it not be once named. And he gives us an alternative, but rather give thanks. Listen, a good rule of thumb in conversation, if someone starts talking negative about somebody, turn it around and say something positive about the same person. Because it's hard for a person to go on and talk negative when you're combating it with positive talk about the same person. You say, well, why will that? Because many times, I'm not saying all the time, some people just like a plow on the field. They're just going to keep going. But many times they're going to start being a little self-reflective about what's coming out their own mouth. Whenever you start highlighting some of the goodness about an individual. Amen? Rather than jumping on the bandwagon of the negativity. Because everybody likes to have a full bandwagon. If they're starting to talk negative, they want other people to jump on board. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so that, that, that's just, a, just, I say common sense, but something to, to think about. And so we got to concern that, that vulgar language, the, the joking jokes that can get vulgar or lewd or suggestive should, should we need to we need to steer clear from that stuff we need to be as christians in holiness with our speech to to not use the lord's name in vain it's a holy name not to use the lord's name in vain we're to be reverent and respectful of the name of the lord not to use it sacrilegiously or, or frivolously and and uh you know uh, it's a holy name, a hallowed name. And so here's the thing, though. Again, I'm just throwing this out here. There's a lot of euphemisms or words and phrases that are substituted in our everyday life uh, that are used or sound similar in order to replace a word that we would say would be worse or bad. But I'm talking about using the Lord's name in vain. 
There are other words that people will use instead of the Lord's name. And maybe you do this even innocently. But I'm just going to share this with you just from a dictionary, okay? I'm trying to keep track of my time. Share with you from a dictionary. The Dictionary of American Slang, all right, says that the word G, like the last three letters of the last name, <laughs> G originated in 1857 and is a shortened version of the name Jesus. Just throwing that out there. Dictionary of slang and unconventional English, English says, states that the word gosh originated in 1757 and is a corruption of the word God. The Webster's New World Dictionary says golly, G-O-L-L-Y, is a euphemism for the word God. Now, folks, you're saying, Brother McGee, we're all under the bus. <laughs> oh, God, you know, we're all under the bus. I'm just saying that just for an awareness, all right? I'm saying that for awareness. It, 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 you know, some habits that you've been doing for 30 years may be hard to strike, but at least now there's an awareness, all right, uh, to take into consideration. And so just think about those things uh, the next time that it might happen, you know, in your own home or in your own life. And so we got to be careful with these things. Psalms 19 and verse 14, I'll just take us a little further because I know everybody is just drowning by now. Let the words of my mouth, be acceptable in thy sight, the psalmist said, O Lord. He said in Psalms 39 and verse 1, I will take heed to my ways. There we go, a consciousness. There it is, an awareness. I'm going to take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue, and I will keep my mouth with a bridle. Right? Like the bridles that they put on horses to direct in, 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 in certain directions and ways. He says, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth with a bridle. Colossians 4 and 6. Stand with me and I'll come to a close. Whew, everybody's heavy. Oh, it's heavy around here. Colossians 4 and 6. Let your speech always be with, with grace. With grace. New Testament scripture also talks about us seasoning our conversation with salt that we must always let our speech be with grace let it uh, the apostle paul many times said let it be grace unto the hearers all right uh, even the ones that we know the truth on let it be with grace amen because we are all to certain degrees products of grace amen and so the same grace and mercy that we have been shown even from god we ought to reciprocate that and show it unto other people kind of all goes back to the story of the man who owed a debt and he couldn't pay it and he was going to take that man and throw him into prison but he went and gave him some relief and mercy and then he went and found somebody that owed him money and he threw him in prison and it's like what's the deal you just got mercy and grace but now you're not willing to throw show mercy and grace to somebody else and so it's important to keep that in mind. Many times, and I try, I don't always get it right, but many times whenever somebody's had some indiscretion in their life or some mistake or whatever, you know what I try to think of? The times that I made mistakes. The times that I had indiscretions. And how gracious God was with me. And I, I try, and again, I'm not always successful, but I try then to be as gracious and as merciful with them as he has been with me. Because nobody knows to the depths of how merciful and gracious he's been with me personally than me. Amen. But they don't have to know in order for me to be gracious and mercy to them. 
Amen. And so that's just something to keep in mind. And so, again, a part of our holiness journey, our Christian living journey. Amen. Let's watch the things that flow out of our mouth and even begin to formulate within our minds. All right. Uh, get, we're going to get to it sooner or later on a Wednesday night with Super Church. We're going to have to get the helmet of salvation. Right. <laughs> to help protect that mind and the thoughts that would develop in the mind that could flow out our mouth. Because it's those things that come out our mouth woo, that defile us oftentimes, defile us oftentimes. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer here this morning. I know today, folks, this has been difficult stuff right here. I'm telling you right now, it's difficult stuff. Amen. But it's needful stuff. Amen. That will help us in our Christian experience. All right. Lord, I come to you today. I'm thankful, Lord, that you are a merciful God. I'm thankful that you are a gracious God. I thank you, Lord, that you love us. Your scripture says you chastise those whom you love. I pray, oh God, today, thank you, Lord, for your word. God, that it is so, Lord Jesus, uh, uh, beneficial to our lives in helping direct us and order our steps. I pray, God, help us as a church. Help us, God, as a people. Lord, to be careful, Lord, with our mouths. To be careful with our tongue. Lord, to be careful, Lord, with even the inter dialogue Lord of our lives I pray oh Lord Jesus God that we would Lord respect and revere Lord this body called the body of Christ with one another but not not just the body of Christ but Lord humanity as a whole I pray oh God in every sphere of life, God, where we have interaction with other people. Help us, O oh Lord, today. I know, Lord Jesus, you will empower us. God, there is an eternal part of us, our soul, God, that could be, Lord, impacted, God, by our speech. Let our hearts be pure, God, so that which come out of our mouths, Lord, will likewise be pure. Help us to be, God, as you would have us to be. Help us, O oh Lord, today, God, to live a life, God, that represents, Lord Jesus, you well, Lord, even in our manner of speech. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.